an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Week 12 of the NFL season had some pretty strange twists and turns. The Broncos have an enormous quarterback problem, as in they don't have a quarterback available to play tomorrow. Today, the Athletics' Arif Hassan joins us to talk about how the once one-in-five Vikings kept their playoff hopes alive, what's going on with Tampa Bay's offense right now, and what happened when rookie wide receiver Kendall Hinton suited up at quarterback for the Broncos. I don't want to be too harsh on him. I feel so bad for him, but he did not play well. From Wondery and The Athletic, I'm Anders Kelto. And I'm Kavitha Davidson. It's Monday, November 30th, and this is The Lead. It felt like something great was happening. There was just something about the emotion and that moment. The failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. I've never seen anything like that. That's not good news. This isn't a story where you interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. All right, so Arif, week 12 got off to a weird start before the Sunday games even began. It was revealed that all four Denver Broncos quarterbacks were ruled out of their game against the Saints because of COVID concerns. First of all, can you ever remember something like this happening in the NFL before? A team literally having no quarterbacks available? I mean, there are situations that seem kind of close, like the Vikings, for example, had to play Joe Webb, who they originally drafted to be wide receiver, but was a quarterback, was in quarterback meeting rooms, participated with the second team offense. So quarterback for all uh, intents and purposes, you know, he was forced to start a playoff game against Green Bay and that didn't go very well either. And so, yeah, I can't recall like a ton of other scenarios like this. Well, so how did the Broncos end up in this situation? (laughs) Well, um, the NFL and NFLPA are still investigating getting the full details of that. But one quarterback ended up testing positive for COVID-19. And then the three other quarterbacks in the meeting room were close contacts, especially because they evidently were maskless. Now, this is interesting because the NFL put in place after week 11 intensive protocol for every single team. The protocols are a little bit more in depth, but you can't have indoor meetings. And so that brings up an interesting question. How were they all in the film room together? And Vic Fangio said after the game on a Zoom call, uh, as reported by our own Lindsey Jones. Well, I was disappointed um, on a couple levels in that, that our quarterbacks put us in this position that it put, our quarterbacks put the league in that position. We count on them to be the leaders of the team and, you know, leaders of the offense. And uh, those guys made a mistake. And that that is disappointing. So, you know, the coaches weren't there, I guess, to, to hold the quarterbacks' hands and police them through the protocols. And so that's, that's how this situation arose. Why weren't there any fail-safes in place to prevent this from happening or to prevent the Broncos from literally running out of room on the depth chart. It's interesting. So some teams have 
COVID quarterbacks, essentially the quarterbacks that are quarantined and away from the facility, participate in team meetings over Zoom and stuff like that. But most teams, including the Broncos, don't have um, a quarterback kind of waiting. And so for the Broncos, they were scrambling, obviously, to try and figure out what they were going to do. Well, so all of that meant that the Broncos had to use Kendall Hinton, a rookie wide receiver from the practice squad, as their starting quarterback. And while he did begin as a quarterback at Wake Forest, he switched positions his senior year and had never taken a snap in the NFL. So given all of that, how did he look on Sunday? He looked like a wide receiver playing quarterback and not not quite like Mohamed Sanu either. Minton, incomplete, looking for Tim Patrick. Denver, unable to get anything going on offense, a three and out. I don't want to be too harsh on him. I feel so bad for him, but he did not play well at quarterback. I mean, he threw two picks, but that was generous. Hinton, knocked down, lobbed it up, picked off. C.J. Gardner-Johnson with his first interception of the season. I think the Saints dropped about three other potential picks. Hinton, rolling, throwing, dangerous pass, nearly picked off again. Lattimore had one slip out. He only completed one pass, and I don't know that there were a ton of drops to make him look worse than he was. But despite the final score of 31-3, to the game was, I think, a lot more winnable than it seemed. So, yeah, not having a quarterback, I think, was the primary difference because I think if they had Drew Locke or even the primary backup quarterback, this would have been a pretty achievable game. Looking forward... Do you think the Broncos will have an actual quarterback available next week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you have one positive test. The three others have tested negative since the exposure. And the rule there is either five days where you have consecutive negative tests, including at least two within 24 hours of each other, which would, of course, occur over the course of those five days where you're having tests every day, or just 10 days without symptoms. And so in either scenario, because the exposure occurred on Tuesday, the other quarterbacks would be available. So they're going to have at least three, I think, unless someone tests positive or starts showing symptoms, which does not appear likely at this point. The next game we want to talk about involves the team that you cover for The Athletic, the Vikings, taking on the Panthers. First, can you set the scene for us? What were the stakes for Minnesota coming into this game? So Minnesota started off the season one and five. It looked like they were out of the playoff race. And then, of course, the Vikings pull out a string of victories. They take one bad loss against Dallas, but they're in the hunt. And so the stakes were basically win and you get to continue your playoff race. This was the only way the Vikings would be able to stay relevant and take advantage of the fact that they're winning themselves out of the quarterback competition in the draft. Well, Minnesota had a pretty rough third quarter sequence that basically flipped this game on its head. Can you describe what happened during that wild sequence of plays. Yeah. So they exited the half up three points, which is a pretty decent place to be. And then within one minute at the 14 minute mark left in the third quarter, they were down 11. Viking start from their 25 yard line. The interesting thing here is it actually did only take two plays. So you end up with Zach Kerr forcing a fumble with 14.09 on the clock. Cousins hit on third down, lost the football. Panthers have it and will score. It's taken into the end zone by Jeremy Chin for his first NFL touchdown. Jeremy Chin returns it for a touchdown. That's pretty bad, but the Vikings uh, are only down four at that point. They decide we should probably run the ball. Dalvin Cook's pretty good. Uh, First down, it's Cook. Jeremy Chin's uncle is the Hall of Fame safety, Steve Atwater. I think he stripped that. Here's Chin again. 
They didn't blow the whistle. No whistle. They didn't blow the whistle. And Chin will celebrate. It has been ruled a touchdown, and Cook remains down on the turf. Kenny, I didn't and then Jeremy the Chin forces a Dalvin Cook fumble on that play and then takes the ball and runs it back in for a touchdown. So the Vikings enter the third quarter up 10-7. They exit the third quarter down 21-10 because there were no other scores in the entirety of the third quarter. Well, late in the game, the Vikings' hopes looked pretty bleak with a muffed punt deep in Minnesota territory. BB moving to his left. Fair catch. Single bounces away. And the Panthers recover. They'd get one more chance, though, down six points. Can you walk us through what happens on the final drive for Minnesota? So after the muffed punt, which the Vikings defense was able to actually prevent from turning into a touchdown, they forced a field goal out of that. Sly from 21. The Panthers' lead is now six. So the Vikings get the ball back, and they get right to Justin Jefferson for 15 yards. Here's Cousins on first down to the outside. It's caught by Jefferson for a first down. And then things kind of start getting going when they get a deep shot off to Kyle Rudolph again for 25 yards. And then they're in the red zone. Cousins fires wide open. It's Rudolph. There is a flag. Kyle Rudolph takes it down to the Panthers 10. And then with 50 seconds left, Kirk Cousins targets Chad Beebe on a really difficult throw. Cousins to the end zone. Touchdown. Redemption for Chad Beebe. It ties up the game. Then there's a blocked extra point, but it turns out they only were able to block the extra point because they were offside, so they kick again, and they actually are able to get the extra point in. You mentioned it, Kenny, in the fourth quarter. Incredible. (laughs) So the Minnesota Vikings, who trailed by 11 in the fourth quarter, are going to win for the fifth time this season. Arizona lost their game in Foxborough. So, yeah, Chad Beebe gets the game-winning touchdown after nearly securing the Vikings' loss off of the muffed punt. How do you think the rest of the season plays out for the Vikings? Do you think they'll be able to make that comeback from a really rough start and actually get into the playoffs? It's certainly possible. Like, it's definitely in the card. They got a one in three chance. I mean, they need the Cardinals to drop another game or two, right? And that's a really good team. And that's going to be tough. They need to beat the Buccaneers, which have looked a lot worse this past month. But they still have a good defense and a good offense. I mean, that seems like a pretty good strategy for winning. And so I don't think it's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching them try. Nowadays, it seems like it's nonstop hustle all the time. From work to friends to family, there's an expectation that you're supposed to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a second to turn off and reset, and that's when you reach for the one beer out there that is literally made to chill, Coors Light. The new packaging from Coors Light is already hitting shelves, featuring clear skies that invite you to sit back, unwind, and drink it all in. And the mountains still turn blue when your beer is as cold as the Rockies. One of my favorite ways to relax this time of year is sitting down to watch football And for me, that is the ideal time to crack one open. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it is literally made to chill. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There's almost always a rise in break-ins during the holidays, and that's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 40% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera. Recently, U.S. News and World Report called it the best home security of 2020. 
So whether you're traveling or staying at home for the holidays, check out the 40% off plus free security camera deal before it ends this week. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home, and you can set the whole thing up in about 30 minutes. Plus, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and no installation costs. Simply Safe security experts take over monitoring your home around the clock, ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm. Sasha here at Wondery says Simply Safe was so easy to set up and we were able to do it ourselves, no need for extra people in the house. Get 40% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com/lead. Hurry, this deal expires on Friday. That's simplysafe.com/lead. simplysafe.com/lead. The Angie's list you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Well, Arif, the last game we want to discuss is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Brady threw two interceptions in a loss to the Rams last Monday night. How did he look this week? He didn't look great. So his passer rating over the past five weeks on deep throws is 0.0, which is a stark difference from the beginning of the season where he was potentially the best deep ball passer in the NFL. And it seemingly has died. As the Buccaneers have added more weapons, he has become less effective. One up top again. Matthew was blitzing. Pass is intercepted. Matthew influenced that one as Breland comes away with the theft. Up until about the third quarter, Tom Brady was looking pretty poor. And then then he was able to engineer a bunch of really interesting stuff, especially once he started connecting with Gronkowski over the middle. Brady goes downfield, and he's got him! He's got Gronkowski to the 10 and to the 5. The defense started looking a little bit better. They forced consecutive three and outs against the Chiefs. Third and 5. And out of reach for Watkins. So there was something there. But if I were to take a look at the totality of his game and evaluate his performance in the first and second halves combined, I would say that he primarily did not look good. The Bucks have all of these playmakers, very famously had probably the best receiver core on paper. There are times that it looks like they're really clicking, but then there are other times they look totally out of sync. What do you think is happening with this offense? Well, I think that they're kind of probably, and this is more speculation on my part, but I think they're trying to combine what is in the Arians playbook, which most of the Bucks have trained on and what Brady is used to. And not only do they speak a different language and terminology, the philosophy in those playbooks is fundamentally different. So I imagine that's one part of it. I think Mike Evans' injury at the beginning of the season plays a role. I think the fact that Rob Gronkowski is just clearly not athletically the same person that he was before plays a big role. I think, you know, Antonio Brown, for a bunch of reasons, is probably not the same receiver he was before. So you take probably the best receiver core on paper, like you said, and you put them through maybe the most difficult set of circumstances for them to be able to produce like the best wide receiver core in the NFL. And this is probably what you get. Well, and finally, Arif, on the other side, the Chiefs are now 10 and 1. They've had some of their typical explosive plays on Sunday.
But each of their last three games have come down to the wire, probably more so than we expected, especially against these opponents. Do you think we can take their record at face value? Do you see any signs of vulnerability in Kansas City or are they just as good as they seem? (laughs) Well, I would say that they are both the best team in the NFL and not nearly as good as they seem. I I think both are true. I don't think the distance is so great that another good team can have a good quarter and, and not be able to catch up to them like we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It really does feel like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are like that Golden State Warriors team that can go on a run at any time. But that doesn't mean they're undefeatable. I mean, the Warriors didn't end up winning at the end, right? At least on the record-setting season. So, yeah, it certainly seems like they're the best team in the NFL, but I, I do think that there are a lot of vulnerabilities on defense because of injury and on offense just because of how the receivers and the quarterback aren't necessarily always on the same page. Well, Arif, thank you so much for breaking down week 12 for us. Uh, Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. You can read Arif Hassan's coverage of the NFL and the Minnesota Vikings at theathletic.com. From Wondery and The Athletic, I'm Kavitha Davidson. See you tomorrow. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles business Amex card. Buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.